Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 111 of Screwball. Uh, another week of baseball has passed us by, and another week of Screwball, and another piece, uh, another week of news. Not much, too much happening uh, in baseball this week, save some bigger news, especially if you're a Phillies fan. So with that, let's just jump right into the news, as we usually do, with the first piece of news, as I just mentioned, big firing for the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, Joe Girardi, the manager. Uh, kind of following up on our last week conversation about the Phillies where we were, they were struggling and there were a lot of rumors about it, Joe Girardi's job security. Joe Girardi was, in fact, let go last week and replaced by interim manager uh, Rob Rob Thompson, uh, Robbie Thompson. Uh, following the fire, and the Phillies went on to sweep the Angels, uh, the LA Angels, who have been having their own struggles of late. So a lot of people are kind of pointing to the firing as maybe re-energizing the team or I think even Bryce Harper had a post-game comment. Uh, something to that regard. So, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I respect Joe Girardi as manager. I think he does a good job. It just wasn't working out with the Phillies, I guess. You know, I don't really know the inner workings of what was going on there, but if it wasn't working out, it wasn't working out. For a team that really should have been at least close, closing in on uh, with the Braves and Mets. So, Joe Girardi out of a uh, managerial job. Rob Thompson steps in. And the Phillies, uh, I guess, for the – Three first three or four games since then has worked out. <laughs> we'll see what the rest of the season kind of brings now without a, you know, kind of your main guy that you went into the season with. Uh, second piece of news, a little bit more optimistic news, is the Astros signed Jordan Alvarez to a six-year, $115 million deal on Friday. Uh, this is the fourth largest deal uh, with a player who hasn't yet been eligible for arbitration. So Alvarez, at 24 years old, joins Alex Bregman, Mike Trout, Wander Franco, and Fernando Tatis Jr. as young stars uh, who were signed very early. Uh, I think Bregman was the only one that didn't have a contract quite as big as Alvarez prior to that arbitration stuff. So I think he signed until 2028 uh, now instead of being, I believe he would have been free agent eligible in three or four years. So that locks him up for, you know, with three years, double the time. So, and for, for $150 million, I think that Jordan Alvarez was, uh, has been great since his, what was his rookie year, 2019. I think he's been great. He's, as far as a hitter, he's one of the more elite hitters you're going to find. Uh, you know, defensively, he's, he's okay. I thought it was a great deal for the Astros. I thought this was, this was just kind of a no-brainer. You lock up a guy like this. And the Astros are still, it seems, here to stay for the time being. Uh, so you figure six years, that contract will probably age pretty well because he'll be 30 at the end of it. You know, I, I don't know what opt-outs look like for him in, in this case. He's still a young guy, but uh, good for him. Deal makes a lot of sense. It's, just, it's a deal I would make if I'm a front office guy with the Astros for sure. So so congratulations to Al, uh, Jordan Alvarez for the deal and just being a great player so far. Uh, the third piece of news I have here is uh, Grayson Rodriguez, the Orioles' top pitching prospect, may miss the remainder of the regular season due to a grade two right lat strain. 
Uh, the young pitcher was most likely looking at a call-up and will now have to wait a little bit longer to get his MLB debut. So a lot of, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, a lot to do about Grayson Rodriguez. I think he was a top five MLB prospect. He was their top prospect after Adley came up. So this is, uh, you know, a bigger hit to the Orioles who have been, a, I wouldn't say above water, but at least have been better than, you know, than projected so far. So, you know, it kind of hurts to not have one of your young guys up with your other big young guy with Adley Rushman and kind of trying to start at least the, the future of the franchise with these guys. So it kind of hurts there. But, you know, he still could possibly come back at the end of the year and maybe be a call-up or, or work out a triple-A at least to get ready for the next season. I think he's only 22 years old, so no rush. Guy's still young. So kind of stinks to see a, a young guy like that uh, kind of lose a year here of, of development. Really, it would have been more development than anything. So I thought it was worth bringing up because uh, the Orioles are – one of the few, you know, really up and coming teams and that kind of a little bit of a hit to their, to their form, you know, or at least for, for the year. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I got. Yeah. I had a lot of that news as well. Um, some other things I want to add here. We had, um, on Thursday and Friday of last week, we had Garrett Cole and Jameson Talion for perfection. Uh, Talion on Thursday, he had a perfect game going into the eighth inning. And on Friday, Garrett Cole the next day had a perfect game going into the seventh inning. So they both had, a chance of history there. And they both had a decent amount of pitches where it would have been, you know, you not too, too worried about letting them go for it. So we almost had two shots at perfect games there last week on back-to-back nights, which is unprecedented. Right. Uh, some other news we had here regarding the Yankees as well. As well. Uh, Miguel Duhard sent down to AAA, and he now requested a trade again since he's not getting the opportunity to play at the major league level that he feels he deserves to have that he wants to be traded. So we'll see what happens there as that's a younger player that we've seen have a pretty good bat, you know, at least his rookie year. My other piece of news here I have is Adam Wainwright and Molina. Yesterday was their, I believe, their third, 315th start as a duo, which becomes the third most. And they do have the MLB record for the most team wins in, in their starts together, and that's 206 after yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. So they have they hold that record. So that's just another piece of news there with the Cardinals and their aging veterans and, and for the most part Hall of Famers, Wainwright, Molina, and Pubos. So that's just uh, pretty cool to see them on the list. So that's how many times they matched up together. That's pretty pretty incredible. And to go with some of this news here is pitching. I wanted to go to our topic, and I think the topic, you know, a good one for today is: Are we seeing the comeback of longer outings for starting pitchers? I know it was pretty much dying there and died pretty quickly. But um, as we've seen this year, you've seen the comeback of it. The Yankees, we've seen, what, what's this, 10 starts in a row that the starting pitcher has reached, getting, gotten to the seventh inning? Something like that, yeah. Uh, we see uh, Sandy Alcantara. I think he's got, what, five starts in a row where he's pitched seven-plus innings. Pablo Lopez, we know we had him. had a couple starts there with the Marlins as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see, we're seeing a lot more, I think, already, and we're not even really into the, the meat of the season yet. You know, we're not even at the halfway point. And we've seen complete games already. We've seen uh, Pavetta for the Red Sox have a complete game. Martin Perez, complete game. We're just seeing a lot of uh, longer longer outings. We've seen, uh, you know, the Astros have a couple long outings with Verlander and Javier and guys like that. We've just, you know, I think the analytics and a lot of those things, you know, they, should, they, they tell you that you, if you really look into them, if you really want to look into them, you should be pulling your pitchers out almost every inning. You really want to look at the analytics for these. So you can't dive too deep into those, right? And I think that's starting to turn a little bit. The way to teach some of the young guys we've seen with um, 
some of the managers, and I believe one was, um, I believe one of the managers, Marmol for the Cardinals. He mentioned you got to let some of these pitchers work into that chance to see how they react to it. But that's the best way to learn is to get into one. So you pitch a little deeper into the game and see how that goes, see how you react, see how it works, right? So that's the, you know, that's a great way to, to teach somebody. But also, we see late in seasons when you need. 16 bullpen guys because you burned them all up like the you know like the Brewers did a couple of years back where they burned them all up all year. It's hard to get deep into the playoffs when oh yeah my bullpen's been great yeah but you used them all all of them pitched 100 innings out of the bullpen you yeah. can't be doing that right. so why let my starter get them extra couple outs every game saves my bullpen especially it keeps them healthy let's like the, like the Yankees they have some injuries in the bullpen hmm. you haven't seen their bullpen much you haven't seen them much at all. Give you the chance if if they are hurt to give them extra rest. You get to save save innings for later on in the postseason, later on in the season. Mm. You're not burning them all up. Up, oh, he pitched five innings. Let's take them out. And now I got to use four or five guys out of bullpen. When I could have let him pitch six, seven innings and use two guys out of bullpen. So it's just the idea of yeah, you need good bullpen arms, but save them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get a hundred innings out of your bullpen guy. Forty, fifty innings is is perfectly fine. It saves him for them deep runs, and not just that year, but the next year if he's a part of your team next year. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys, you know. You guys like uh, Hader and, and, and Kimbrell and guys like that who are part of your team for a couple of years. You don't want them just burned up one year. And the next year, they're kind of slow start. and They're getting beat up to start the year. And they're, you know, give them the rest. And you know they're going to pitch into the playoffs. So are we seeing the comeback, I think, of, of longer starting outings? I think we have this year a little bit. I mean, I think offense was down a little bit. Start the year, it's back now. We had 57, 58 home runs in one day over the past week. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I think offense is up. To, could that affect it? Yeah. But I just think we see more guys, that 100-pitch limit isn't the limit. Alcantara, 112 games, 112 pitches he's had in the games. We're just seeing it more. <clears throat> We're seeing more starts, more longer starts. <clears throat> Why not get your starter who's more adapted to pitching more innings? Try getting that extra out. Right. Because you do that, let's say you do that, let's say you do it in nine starts, he gets one extra out. That's three innings. Yeah. Off of someone else's arm out of your bullpen. Yeah, it's big. That's why you see a lot of these guys too. The Cardinals, and we've seen the Rays and teams like that. They get winning by a lot. They put position players in to save innings. But also when they're losing a lot, you see guys going in for position. It's the save innings. Why yeah. burn a pitcher when I don't? It's no. There's no reason. So why would a starter? He's already warmed up. He's already throwing. Get him an extra out, two outs, so I don't have to get that out of my bullpen. Right. Shortens. Oh, I need four guys to be on this day. I let my starter go longer. I only need two guys to be on this day. Yep. So that idea, so you start seeing some of that older school stuff turn back too with this, which is good. I like to see starting pitchers actually pitch, but also it makes sense for teams to not beat up the bullpen. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. It just gives that, that starting pitcher a chance to really dominate and show that he's, you know, he's good. It's it just, you know, why take him out with 80 pitches? You know, 80 pitches to 90 pitches ain't going to affect his arm. It really isn't. His mm-hmm. arm was hurt. He might not have felt that 80. Maybe he'll feel it at 90. Don't mean it wasn't hurt at 80. Right. You know right. what I mean? Every time you pitch, you get a small tear in your arm. I think we've seen that. And then we see that the science. They say every time you pitch, you get these small micro tears in your arm and things like that. Every time you do anything, you get that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the technology is going to tell you that you're hurt every time. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But we just got to let these guys pitch a little bit. And we're starting to see that, which is great. We're going to also start seeing some guys come back to hitting the ball, not just a launch angle. We've seen a little bit of that, too. Mm-hmm. Especially when the shift's going to be gone next year. So you're going to see a little bit more of true hitting. We've seen stolen bases come back already and hit runs. We've seen that more active. So you're already seeing some of that come back. You're going to see some pitchers start going longer. It's just it's more of the game. 
Right. You're playing a game more of a scientific, analytical approach where, oh, we got to hit this button at this time and do this at this time. We seem to raise with Blake Snell. It doesn't work. It doesn't work all the time. Yeah. Pulled him out. He had six innings or whatever. He could have pitched ten innings that day and they weren't touching him. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes you got to let it just let the player do what he's got to do and just enjoy the ride as a coach or a manager or as another player. Just let them go. Let them just enjoy watching. Because sometimes they're just dominant. And it's okay to throw 115 no-stress pitches. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly fine to do that. Yeah. And that's what I was going to bring up to the Blake Snell thing because that was, I think he only pitched five or six. And it was and like they lost. pulled him just, yeah, and it was one of the biggest blunders that you could make as a, that you could make in recent memory as a manager. You lost the World Series um, and the player. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he, you know, he lost, and you lost some goodwill with the fans too, because that could have been their chance as a Tampa Bay fan. So, I think that we have seen uh, a little bit of a, a rubber band effect, like the analytics stretch so far. So now you see it start to snap back to a little bit more, like you said, a little bit more conventional hitting. You know, uh, try to get base hits and try to move runners over and try to steal bases and all that stuff. But you're also seeing the con- old conventional pitching come back, where you know the starter isn't just the starter like how some analytic people see it, which is like three or four innings, it's the starter is most of the game, truthfully. And that's, if you have an ace and you're a contending team, you want that ace to be able to push seven, six, seven, eight innings, even <clears throat> nine, if he can go a full game. Yeah. Um, and that'll, it's like you said too, it'll it'll benefit you in the in the long run, the playoffs, because a lot of these, you know, last playoff years, we've seen a an increase in bullpen usage. And if that bullpen has already been stretched thin leading up to the season, you can only expect so much out of these guys, especially the bullpen arms who come in and throw as hard as they can for an inning. You know, they can't do that like, you know, 80 times a year. It's just not going to happen. Well, they're not built for it. No. <coughs> and then you expect two or three innings out of them, you know, in the playoffs in all the of a sudden when yeah. they're used to one inning, you yeah. know? So it's, it's, it, it just makes sense when you look at the big picture yeah. as we want to win. We're playing for October kind of yeah, thing. The starting you know? pitchers are more built for six, seven, eight innings at a time. And right. 150, 160, 200, 210 innings. They're built for it. Mm-hmm. They're ready for that. They're, they've done it their whole lives. They've done it for, through the minor leagues. Relief pitchers, yes, yeah, some of them are starters, yeah, but a lot of times that's two, three years ago. Right now their body's built for one, two innings. 50, 60, 70 innings for the year. Not 100. Not 100 innings up and then pitch back-to-back days and three days in a row and you're pitching 100 innings and you're pitching this day. And you're going, oh, he only came out for one out. Yeah, but he's got to warm up. He's getting ready the same way. Even if he comes in for three pitches, it's still diff- It's still using him and getting warmed up and getting ready and getting the heart going. Right. It's it's the idea of you needing a pitcher needs a day off as does hitters need days off. Mm-hmm. But why use your bullpen guy every day when you can just use your starting pitcher to get one more out a game? Even if it's just one more out a game. It helps. It's, you know? It comes back... At the end of the year, he pitched nine more innings, and the bullpen pitched nine less innings. Right, right. That's a big help. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, so, you know, some of these bullpen guys can only be stretched so thin, you yeah. know. And like you said, the starters, that's what they're made to do. They're made to give you those 100-pitch outings. Yeah, because you, you know? go five innings, you need, you know, three or four guys to be on to finish the game. My starter's on. He goes seven or eight innings. I need one other guy to be on. I'll take the chances I'm having two guys be good than having five guys need to be good. Yeah. And you saw a lot of times, too, playoffs and all, these pitchers would go into their sixth inning, and it was almost like once the lineup flipped over, oh, got to take him out. Even if the guy's cruising, like he's not even giving up hard hits, he's not walking people, this or that. It's like, well, the analytics say by the fourth time he sees the lineup or the third time he sees the lineup, we got to take him out. It just makes no sense, you know. Yeah, cause, uh, just let him go. If, yeah. he's, if he's fine, he's fine, you know. Yeah, and with that, 
if you never give him that chance to pitch that fourth time through, you're never he's not going to learn how to do it. Right. So you're never going to have him be able to do it. Very so you true. just keep doing that, you're just always going to get five innings out of him. You're never going to be able to get six, seven, eight innings out of him. Yeah. You want to be able to, hey, this is what how, and if you learn now, hey, that's how you get through eight innings. In the playoffs, hey, I remember how I did this. Yeah. Remember I changed this pitch and I used this pitch different and I used this. It makes, it gives you that chance in the postseason. If you never give him a chance throughout the regular season or throughout his, you know, his, if he's a young player throughout his, you know, younger days in the major leagues, how are you going to expect him to do it later on if he's going to become your ace? That guy's going to be an ace in three years. Well, you don't let him pitch more than five innings. He's, he can't be an ace. He could pitch 130. You know, that's my ace. Yeah. Oh, great. I'll take my chances for the other four guys in the next four innings because one of them's not going to be on. Right. Or, you know, I get a couple hits off this guy. You bring the next guy in. He throws one bad mistake pitch, which everyone does. And all of a sudden now you get three runs because you've relied on four guys being good instead of just two guys being good. Mm-hmm. So I think we're starting to see a little bit of that. I think so, too. Which is good. Yeah. And, you know, it, if it's team's prerogative to be like the Rays and, and really just do a by-committee pitching staff, bullpen and all, that's their prerogative. But I just don't think it. I just don't think long-term it works out. You better have a, a taxi squad of all pitchers. Mm-hmm. You better have a big prospect farm of pitchers. And do not expect to give anybody money to go pitch there because no one's going to pitch there if you plan on pulling them out five innings. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do a rollover every couple weeks. Yeah. So you're not burning up your, your good pitchers throughout the whole year. And then that's an expectation. Like, you're going to not only just have your five starters and your few bullpen guys. Now you need, like, what? Ten. You, you need, yeah. You need... This guy's going to, oh, you know what? I can't just burn him up. So let's uh, let's sit him for a while and send him back down and not pitch him. Let's bring this guy up to get it through so we're not pitching. Otherwise, your bullpen guy that's throwing 120 innings, he must be a starter. Right. What are you doing? Just you're changing too much, and that's what we're seeing. Some of these teams come back to like, hey, let's just let the guy pitch. He's pitching good. You're pitching, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and it, it's you know players shouldn't be afraid to, and I'm sure most of them aren't. But you shouldn't be afraid to say, hey, Skip, I, I got it today. I'm good. I'll, yeah. I'll go out there and throw the extra 10, 15 pitches. Yeah, the pitch count you gives know? you an idea. Hey, he's at 100 pitches. Let's keep an eye on. Him. He's at 80, yeah. 90 pitches. Let's keep an eye. Hey, on him. short leash. If he gives up a hit, let's get him out. Well, let's you say know? you're up like Garrett Cole was up 12 nothing. Well, he had 90 something pitches. Dumb 90 pitches were like throwing a bullpen session. Mm-hmm. You're up 12 nothing. There ain't no stress on those pitches. Let him throw. Yeah. Let him go. Them, th- he could throw 130 pitches, and it'll only feel like it threw 90 because there was no stress. Mm-hmm. And I, saw, I listened to Jake Peavy one day, and he goes, and sometimes you pitch 50 pitches, and it feels like you threw 120 because you had guys on, and you got guys on third were less than one out or less than two outs. They're more high-stress, high-intense pitches where it stresses the body out. Yeah. So those are different too. So the pitch count is – is a good idea to have around and keep an eye on, but it's not just a determining factor. But 990 pitches, see you later. Yeah. Come back from injury and things like that. Okay, a little different, but. Yeah, hey, we'll limit him to this and, and we'll see where he's yeah, at. Stretch him know? out, things like that. But, yeah. you know, you don't have to just, that's your up five innings, up 90 pitches, up 100 pitches, see you later. Right. It's the eye test because that, yeah. that is better than just about any analytic. I don't care what you say. Sometimes the eye test, a lot of times the eye test will tell you, oh, this guy's got it, this guy doesn't. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've watched a game where the closer comes in and he's walking guys and pitches way missing the catcher's mitt, and you go, he don't got it. I don't care what analytics are telling you right now. He's he's going to blow this game. You could feel, Or it's going to come awfully close. You know, Sometimes you just, once you're around baseball enough, you can just tell. Or if you're, around, if you're a coach, if you're the manager, you know these guys personally. You know if they're a little off. You, at least you should as a manager. So I think it's good to let the starters go. I'm sure a lot of managers and pitchers have this connection, but talk to them and, and see where are we at instead of just being like, hey, the computer guy in the back before the game told me that, you know, by the third time lineup, you're out of here. 
You know, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it'll ever make sense to me. So I'm glad it's kind of rebounding a little bit to a little old school baseball, in my yeah. opinion. You know? Yeah, because sometimes your best pitcher is a starting pitcher. And I'd rather have him have the ball than, you know, some middle relief guy. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, whatever. Just because I, I, you know, oh, well, it's the fourth time through the lineup, so maybe I should go pull this guy in. Well, who's that guy? Yeah. Paying that guy $200 million. I'm pitching him. Yeah. That's guy, I, I want my best pitcher in the biggest spots. Mm-hmm. Let me pitch this guy so I can win a game. Yeah. Right? Why am I going to put in some, some relief guy? Oh, well, you haven't seen him yet. Eh, the reason why that guy's in the bullpen, that's my ace. There's <laughs> a reason for that. Right. He's not that great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, and there's a thing is overmanaging, too, which is definitely certainly a thing. So the Analytics has become even bigger. Yeah. Sometimes you just let them go. Yeah. It's fine. Hey, you're going to throw 120 pitches today, and we're going to win this game. We have an off day. You're going to have an extra off day anyway. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah, and our bullpen is nice and rested. Yeah. You know, then you really come out firing the next day if you have to, you know. So it, it just benefits you more. And I know you could get into the into the weeds of, oh, well, these guys throw harder and they throw more junk. The, you know, the junk moves a little bit more. It's a little more stress on their arm. You're not going to get as much out of their arm as you used to, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I totally buy that concept either. I understand. I understand th- that standpoint. But I think that if you've got an ace and he's comfortable and he's throwing nice and easy and you've got a big lead, there's no point in, in no. setting a limit for, you know. Yeah. Why well, have to ask three more guys to be pitching good today? Well, I yeah. can ask two guys to be pitch good today. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. So, so yeah, I'm glad to see stuff like that coming back, and, and hopefully it kind of stays like that. Or at least it's a nice mix in the league. You have some teams that do that and some teams that don't, and instead of everyone trying to make this mass move to analytics, and then it doesn't work, which we've seen a lot of teams it doesn't work. Yeah. So And then you burn through your bullpen, you burn these relievers up, and then they their careers end because they had one bad year, and you're like, well, I just threw 300 innings as a bullpen guy last year. That's why I struggled, yeah. and now he's out the door. Yeah, right, right. A guy that could have had a, a more promising career. A four, five, six-year career, you turned into a two-year career because you burned him up in two years in the regular season and never even got to the postseason with him. Yeah. That's unfortunately what, how it will probably go for some of these bullpen guys too. So, yeah, so yeah well, we'll, you know, I like to see that stuff happening, and uh, it's good that some teams are coming back a little bit to the more on both sides of the ball, hitting and pitching. So we'll see more of that. Uh, the wrap-up here is the last piece that I have for the news segment of the show, the wrap-up being who is doing the best right now. So the Yankees have the best record in the league at 39-15, and 15, while the Astros have the second-best record in the American League at 35-19. and 19. The Mets have the second-best record in the, in the league and the best record in the NL at 37-19, and 19, while the Dodgers have the second-best record in the National League at 35-19, and 19, same, as the, uh, same as the Astros. Uh, the Dodgers still own the best run differential in the league at plus 113, while the Royals still have the worst at minus 81. So, Dodgers still there. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just how it goes. Yeah. Some teams i got to mention here that are hot right now. Uh, Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, Mets, Braves, Cardinals, and Pirates. All teams that have been playing well. The Pirates are 7-3 and three over the last 10 and just swept the Dodgers this past week in L.A. for the first time since 2000. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> So that's pretty exciting or unbelievable or both. Not exciting if you're a Dodgers fan. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, exhilarating, I guess. You just really just yeah. fired up that your team got swept at home by the Pirates. Incredible. It's something else. Um, some teams that aren't playing very well right now. The Royals have been cold for a while here. The Angels lost 11 straight. 
So the hot seat yeah. for Joe Madden is as hot as it's going to get here. Um, the A's have been cold. They've, they've been bad at home, which one thing they never are. They're bad at home, and they are bad at home. So that's pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, the Brewers are struggling of late. Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Those are some teams that I have here that just aren't playing that great over the last 10 games or so. Yeah. Yeah, surprised at the Angels. Uh, they were looking really good for a while, but we'll get into maybe a key component of that losing streak uh, yeah. with one of the specific but a team players. Where you think they could they could probably win eleven right back? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have a much talent. better they have a much better more consistent team than they have in in a little bit recent years here. So but I don't. They got to turn it around soon because the Astros are going. So that's the, see that's the thing is you don't really have a lot of wiggle room with the Astros right now. You got to kind of keep the you know foot on the gas. So hopefully they can kind of turn it around. So let's move on to the who's hot and who's not section of the show, uh, moving on from the teams. So the players of the week this week were Jordan Alvarez and Brendan Rodgers. I don't have Brendan Rodgers, but he had that three home run game, you know, walk off, and the, yeah, yeah. the third one was the walk off, um, kind of similar to, uh, what was it? Carlos Gonzalez had a, he had a cycle in the last, so the yeah, walk off was the home run. run so kind of same Rockies kind of lore there. Um, I don't have Brendan Rodgers, but I thought it was worth mentioning cause he did have an unbelievable game. Um, not everyone just hits three home runs in a game. I don't even think Aaron Judge, for all his home runs, has done it yet. But I do have Jordan Alvarez, obviously. Uh, in the last week, he batted 579 with a 1053 slugging and a 1705 OPS. Almost maybe as a <laughs> as a thank you for the contract. Yeah. You know, showing, hey, I deserved it. Um, number two, I have Yandy Diaz, batted 500 over the last week with a 563 slugging and a 1255 OPS. Uh, number three, Andrew Vaughn batted 423 over the last week with a 654 slugging and a 1098 OPS. Number four, Alejandro Kirk batted 421 over the last week with an 1105 slugging and a 1605 OPS. And number five, I have Alex Verdugo batted 421 over the last week with a 579 slugging and a 1079 OPS. Uh, the Red Sox offense as a whole has just been nuts. I feel like um, there's some games where they just kind of like last year where they just they just get like 12 runs and that. And it's it's over before it even started. Okay. So Verdugo being a it seems like this week at least a big contributor to that as well. Yeah, yeah. Some other guys here I want to note that have been uh, hitting the ball pretty well over the last seven days or so. We have uh, Acuna for the Braves has been hitting the ball pretty well. Brandon Donovan for the Cardinals got red hot here of late and had been playing good outfield as well. He threw a guy yesterday at the plate to keep the game tied. It was a great throw. All Molina had to do was catch the ball. Then he was out. I was watching that game live. That was a great game. And uh, the last one here is Harrison Bader. Been playing well, and I believe he's tied for the lead league in stolen bases still with Tommy Edmund with 14. So we're just kind of putting on a show out there for, for St. Louis, you know, his ability to hit and play great defense. Right. So uh, there's some guys there that I have that have been playing well. Um, some pitchers that are high here of late. Uh, the Yankees. I mean, I think that's – there's so many of them right now. Jameson Talion, Nestor Cortez – Garrett Cole, Severino had a great start. Montgomery's been pitching well. Their whole pitching staff. Clay Holmes out of the bullpen. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, so their, their pitching staff, that's why I wanted to mention just the Yankees here. Uh, Joe Musgrove carried no hitter late into the game there. Uh, Tariq Scoble's been great for the Tigers, even though the Tigers have been a letdown. He's been great. Yeah. Um, Max Fried, great start. I think he went eight innings, no earned the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul Seawald for the Mariners. I believe he had four or five innings pitched, and I think he had three saves, no runs. Over the last uh, seven, ten days or so. Nice. Cool. Yes, uh, like you said with the Yankees, the Yankees team has been hot all year, it seems like. I don't know if they've really have hit the skids too much, which is contributing to their obviously best record in the league. Minus, you know, you know 
The guy who just doesn't hit the ball out oh, there for the Yankees. Yeah, that lefty. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> Joey Bag of Donuts, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got a bag of donuts, all right. <laughs> yeah, he's – I don't happen to him, but uh, the 40, 50 home run days are not looking great right now. I really think that Joey Gallo right now is a worse player than Chris Davis was after his, at when, in his years where he struggled. He was like 0 for 50. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he ended up batting like 190-something that year. Joey Gallo's batting 160. I really think Chris Davis was a better hitter at that point. That's where we're at. That's yeah. how bad Joey Gallo is. It is. It's and not just rough. this year. It was also when he came to the Yankees last year. He's yeah. literally been that bad. Whatever happened to Trangers scenery just hasn't been working for him. Because um, I think prior to that, too, he was red hot with the Rangers. He just doesn't even hit the ball or come close to it. Yeah. I've seen swings. He misses it by two feet. I just don't understand. I, 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 know. Not, he's, I don't comprehend that. You he's hard that. to watch. He is hard to watch. So... But, um, yeah, we could just put him on the permanent cold list coming up here. Never, you know, he gets one hit, he's red hot, I guess. He's terrible. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> terrible so, player. with that, moving on to the cold list, the who's not of the week. A name at the top of the list that I don't know if we've seen on here before, nor do I expect to see him much at all ever on this list, but Mike Trout. Zero average, zero slugging, 125 OPS. He is 0 for his last 21 for the week. I don't know if it extends past that. But he's over twenty one in this these last seven days. Rough stretch for him, and that's kind of what I alluded to before. Angels have hit a rough patch. Doesn't help when you're really the face of baseball is is really skidding along with you, you know. Yeah, yeah. And one thing with him, which was odd, was these series of late here were home series for him essentially. Back mm-hmm. to Philly, uh, New York. Those are places where he usually excels, especially being back home and kind of they're big deal games. Yeah. I think he excels there. Um, also, I believe, before the stream, I'm not sure it still continues, I believe he's never had three games in a row in his career or something like that where he didn't reach base. Wow. I think there was a three or four games. It was something not many where he had in a row where he at least didn't get walked, hit by pitch. He was on base. Right. I believe there was something like that. I'm not sure if that streak continues. I'm not sure the exact stat there, but it was something real low where you're like, that's pretty incredible where he never went like three games in a row or four games in a row without being on base. Yeah, so I'm not wow. sure if that still continues. I think it does because I think he walked a couple times to the Yankees hit by pitches. I know he got hit by a pitch, So yeah. I'm not sure if that streak is still kind of going on. But yeah, to see him 0 for 21 in a hitless streak to drop his average down to, I believe, in the 270s or so is... Um, it's rare it's for a guy like Mike Trout. I'd say two or three days away from seeing him get red hot and probably bat 600 over the next two weeks and yeah. probably raise his average back to 300 and probably hit seven home runs in two weeks. That's because that's what he does, too, So you to be can probably mark that right in there. Um, he'll figure that out pretty pretty shortly. Yeah, I'm not in the slightest worried about Mike Trout's ability. Now, his, I'm not going to get into it too much, but his injury concern becomes another part of it. But I'm not as far as ability, I've never worried about Mike Trout. So no. now I'm not going to start worrying now. He can go back to bat lefty and he'll probably be a productive player, to be honest with He'd you. He'd be more productive than Joey Gallo. Let's oh put my it that. God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the pitcher spot last year in the National League actually was more productive, by the way. Higher average. I believe more home runs and more RBIs out of the pitchers last year in the National League. That's incredible. So Major League Baseball wanted to get more of a competitive bat, but they let Joey Gallo have a bat. So I'm not quite <laughs> sure what you're doing because a pitcher would hit better than him. Yeah, yeah, rough, 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 rough. I don't even have him on here, but he should, like I said, it's just be a permanent cold list guy. Yeah, he's just not good. Um, after Mike Trout, number two, I have Cesar Hernandez batted 077 over the last week, 115 slugging, 287 OPS after being on the – Hot list, I believe, last week and has been pretty good for the Nationals. So. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Uh, number three, Adam Frazier batted 091 over the last week with a 136 slugging and a 261 OPS. Uh, number four, uh, Jamer, 
uh, Candelario batted 050 over the last week with a 150 slugging and a 245 OPS. And finally, Nick Castellanos batted 053 over the last week with a 105 slugging and a 241 OPS. So those are your cold hitters of the week, at least that I have. Yeah, and some guys here I had on my list. Um, again, I had Trout on my list. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, Jazz Chazome, Adam Frazier. I had Cesar as well, and man, one more go. Those are some guys who've just been struggling. I know you had a couple of those on your list already. Um, some pitchers, Patrick Corbin's been cold for two years now. Uh, had him on here. Hugh Darvish got beat up a little bit of late. Uh, Pablo Lopez had a bad starter here or there um, recently. Marcus Stroman got lit up like a Christmas tree. Didn't hear too much from him on social media and whatnot since then. <laughs> um, and Sergio Romo literally got lit up. I think yeah. he gave like nine runs in one inning. Yep. Or ten runs in it one was, inning. It was something bad, yeah. Yeah, so he's got, he got unbelievably lit up. So there's some cold pitchers as well to throw out there on the list. That's enough, that Sergio Romo outing. I forget exactly how many runs it was. That's enough to make your whole year look rough. He's got a four-plus four, four plus year right for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's There's it, no he, doubt. You know what I mean? I mean, as a bullpen guy, if you come in and pitch an inning – and, you know, because Sergio Romo's also not the lowest ERA guy anymore. He's an older guy. Uh, been in the league a while. You have an inning like that, it, it's, that blows it's, your it's ERA It's a mid-4-0 ERA if he yeah. has a great rest of the year. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. So that's yeah. a little rough on him, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Next part here, I got some injuries. As you mentioned, Rodriguez for the Baltimore. I did put him here just because he was about to get called up, and he was he's about the top prospect to still in the Myers in baseball. Stop pitching one. So I didn't yeah. mention him, even though he was not in the majors yet. Fireson. Frierson, however you want to pronounce it, for Tampa Bay. Is that JP? Yeah. yeah he yeah, hasn't yeah. given up a run, I don't think, this year. Or ERA is a zero ERA. Or very low ERA. He plays in the IL, so that could be an injury to look out for if you're in the race. Sure. Uh, Vince Velasquez for the White Sox. Add another one to their tally there. Um, he's hurt. Uh, Ward for the Angels was placed on the IL here late. Ryu placed back on the IL. He's been bad for the Blue Jays here. Uh, Gene Segura, tough break. I believe he's out for 10 to the next 10 to 12 weeks with a fracture. Wow. Um, he was playing pretty good. He just leaned Gene, hitting machine. Yeah. Um, just a great player to have there. Uh, Dickerson for the Cardinals, placed on the IL, and Kevin Pillar for the Dodgers, getting shoulder surgery. So he'll be out for a while, if not the whole season. Right, right. So um, those are, that's pretty much it. Bigger injury concerns that I had um, on the bad side of things. Um, on the good side, that side of the list is relatively big this week. Um, Kittridge activated off the IL. We had uh, Hans, uh, Robles for the Red Sox, expected to come back here in the next couple days. Uh, Stanton activated. Donaldson activated. Lance Lynn threw his second rehab start, so he's progressing well. Chris Sale, I believe, threw a 20-pitch bullpen session the other day. Um, he should be uh, going to live hitters and, and, and some rehab assignments here relatively soon. So that would be a big piece to uh, baseball and the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Soroka. Is expected to start facing some live hitters and could see a rehab assignment here pretty shortly as well. Right. That would be great to see, and that would be a big help to Atlanta. Yeah, it would. We have Max Scherzer. His his uh, oblique is progressing well. He did get bit on his throwing hand by his dog. Yeah. Um, they said it doesn't <laughs> affect him at all in his comeback, but something to know he did get bit by his dog, um, so you never know. Takes something stupid, an infection or something, and all of a sudden he loses his hand or something because it's the Mets and there it goes, right? Yeah, right, right. So we never know there, but um, they, they say everything's well. So, right. Um, Tyler McGill for the Mets as well, expected to be, you know, he's progressing. So he should be hopefully activated and back pretty soon. Uh, Didi Gregorius was activated the other day. We yeah. had William Adamas expected to be activated this week. 
uh, Flaherty for, through his first uh, rehab assignment. He threw three perfect innings. I think he threw 23 strikes out of 30 pitches. Okay. So he is probably feeling the best he's felt in two years. And if they get back to the Cardinals, that could be a huge help to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kershaw expect to be activated here pretty shortly. Andrew Heaney in the next week or two should be activated as well for the Dodgers. Clevenger was activated and pitched, uh, I believe, yesterday. He threw three innings or so, and he that's pretty good. You know, and hopefully he can stay healthy for the Padres. Mm-hmm. And Chris Bryant should be um, back here pretty shortly for the Rockies as well. So those are some pretty big names, some pretty big pieces to teams. And, you know, who's going to say what in the playoff race? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, the, like you said, the Mike Soroka thing, nice to be. it would be nice to see him back on a mound for Atlanta. You know, I think that's yeah. a big um, – missing piece for them. That's you know, a guy like about that. About the race. Yeah. Going into two years ago before he got hurt, he was about the race. Yeah. And Fry were, were freed, were neck and neck. And then obviously the injuries for two years kind of, you know, take that ability away. Yeah, absolutely. So getting him back would, uh, would be a big help. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and then the last bit I got here is our trivia question. And the trivia question is relating to some pitchers. Which pitcher threw the most innings in a season since the year 2000? And the answer to that is in 2003, Roy Holiday threw 266 innings. He has the most innings pitched in a single season since the year 2000. Makes sense. And go, <laughs> yeah. And to to uh, add on to that, the last pitcher to have 300 innings in a season was Steve Carlton. He had 304 in 1980. And I believe in 1979, Necro, Phil Necro had like 350 or something like that. Jesus. Um but yeah, so that's. Um, are we ever going to get back to those numbers? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I, I know, know pitching has been maybe a little extended coming back, but the idea of 266 innings, I don't know. We've seen 220, I believe, out of Verlander, 218 out of Sale, 217. We're seeing those low two, two teens. Mm. Can I? You see 230, maybe. I think maybe. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think that's a possibility. It's going to be an outlier. Um, 300's out. I don't think you'll ever see that again. No. Um, 266, I don't think you really ever see that again. 250, I don't really think... I think you might see a couple outliers maybe in the high 220s to 230s. I think that might be your your outliers. Right. But for the most part, you'll see league leaders probably in the in the low 200s and the two teens. Yeah. I think if you hit 200 innings for a year, you're, you, you were an ace. You or were, you were at least a workhorse. And you're in, definitely in the hunt for Cy Young. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. You're not pitching that many innings for the most part in this day and age unless you're really pitching good. But again, I think that's turning a little bit, which is back to our topic. That's why I wanted to bring that up as our trivia question. It kind of went hand-in-hand with it. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. And, uh, you know, Roy Halladay definitely makes a lot of sense. Dude was uh, a workhorse himself. I thought it was it would be someone like Verlander because he had those years, especially in, I think it was 2011, he won MVP. I think he had 220-something in it. Yeah, you got to figure years like that. Kershaw, I'm sure at some point, had some big years. Randy Johnson. Uh, Yeah, Randy Johnson. David Wells, guys who just pitched every day. Yeah. Kurt Schilling, Pedro. Yeah, so there were definitely... Clemens, uh, I mean, he's... Oh, yeah, Clemens. I mean, I'm sure he had a bunch of years, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, where he threw God knows how many innings. Then you even got the, the... Surprising guys, Levon Hernandez, mm-hmm. Javier Vasquez, right, a couple of years, or Kevin Brown. Yeah. He threw a lot of innings. Holy Christ. Alduque, he just, he just he felt like he pitched every day. You yep. know, he could have pitched, right? Yep. Those guys, too, you feel like maybe they could have snuck in there, right? So there was a lot of guys since 2000 that could have, uh, and Kershaw, right? I mean, could have easily been. But uh, Roy Holiday makes sense, but maybe even a forgotten, forgotten guy on that list when you first think about it. Right. Probably not your first five, six names out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So... 
that's a good one. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of names that come to mind right away. So I don't know if it's, if it's one that a lot of people get right away. Cause there's just so many people that it, it really could have been. Yeah. So, uh, but no, that's a good one. So that's kind of, uh, all I have for this episode though, as far as, uh, you know, news and, and pitching stuff. Uh, I do hope to see more old school, more old school baseball come back. You know, it doesn't have to be like we're in the 1950s and we're playing with uh, squishy balls and uh, <laughs> and playing with less than, you know, desirable bats and the, yeah. and the, the bases Wait, just are like pillows. And, you've seen that video, I don't know if you've seen that video of the guy hitting a softball, he grabs a, a, a tree branch, mm-hmm. he literally grabs a big tree branch, hit the ball, and got a base hit with it, I was yeah. like, there's paper, was bad. You know? <laughs> yeah, literally. So, yeah, so yeah. we don't need to go that far back, but it is nice to see more conventional, you know, tried and true baseball come back just a little bit of it just yeah. have the dna in there you a know reliability and a little uh, expectations on guys like hey we're expecting you and we'll rely on you to do this right not just up oh, the computer says you're you know an idiot after five innings so you'll see you later <laughs> or yeah you know oh well you know you know lefty pitchers on the mound. let me put this lefty hitter in because the analytics say that this guy hits the ball like yeah sometimes yeah. it's just hey i gotta put this guy in i'm gonna do this i'm doing this and that's just how it's gonna work yep yeah, it's just uh, the eye test, and uh, just that's being a manager instead of letting the the guy in uh, in statistics dictate how the lineup's going to be made and all that. Yeah, the you game's know. not played on paper. Yeah, because if that was the case, Padres would have won a World Series many years ago with the, the Uptons, and the Mets would have always won. And yeah, games aren't played on paper; they're played with your eyes. There's a reason for that, right? Yeah, you you watch, you play, you do things with your body. And that's why the computer can't comprehend that. Yep. You know, I could do a lot anymore. But he can't get that last 10, 15% where it's like, that's, you can't predict that. Yeah. Can't get you right over that hump, you know, exactly. or at least most of the time it won't. So, uh, but yeah, that's all I have for this episode. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with the Phillies with no Girardi now. Uh, I'll see how Jordan Alvarez's years go and, uh, we'll see what happens with more, maybe longstanding pitching. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have. So I don't know if you have anything else we can wrap this one up, but no, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, we mentioned basketballs in their finals, right? We're Celtics. We're mentioning hockey. Uh, they're creeping into their finals, so we're creeping into a very we're in we're in a very exciting time in those two sports. Uh, baseball. We're coming into the summer. Mm-hmm. Right, Memorial Day passed. We're coming into the summer. We're gonna start seeing some deadline things. We've already seen some things about Contreras possibly being traded. Um, so we're gonna start seeing that excitement. Um, so yeah, we're in a, we're in a great part. Summer is here. Many schools are over, so you see a lot more kids at the games, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, see off, off offense going up and the games being a little more exciting, I guess, for some player, for some fans, and then have more kids there, just kind of perfect storm. Yep. The baseball, if MLB drew it up that way or not, <laughs> you never really know. But right, right. Um, yeah, just, a, just an exciting time. We're here in the beginning of June, and we're just it's it's that baseball field now where it's like okay, every other sport's kind of <laughs> see you later, you know. Football's right. not here yet, and everything else is ending. It's like it's baseball, it's warm weather. It's baseball. Yep. Yeah. It's it's great and. uh Soon we will be only talking about baseball, like kind of like I said last week, because the Celtics and Warriors. There's only um, you know a few games left there, depending on how the series goes. I know the Celtics won Game One. I don't know if there was a Game Two yet. The Warriors won Game um, Two yesterday. Yeah. So there you go. And then yeah, hockey will get into their Stanley Cup final, and uh, you get the Rangers, Rangers for our area. Yeah, up two games to one, right? And yeah, uh, Edmonton, I think it was. Oilers, it was. It was the Lightning. It was a light. It was a Rangers Lightning and Oilers Avalanche. Yeah, and the Rangers are up two games to one on them. So they're up and two I to think, one. Uh, Colorado's up what two games to one on the Oilers or three games to uh, one. I'm not sure. I, th- I believe it might be two to one. Yeah, I'm not so sure. We got, we got some series there. Um, and then yeah. basketball's one and one. So 
Great that, series. Yeah, we're, we're coming to the, to the, you know, the make or break point of that season. Yep. So a lot of good sports stuff. And like I said, in the coming weeks, it will be only baseball, which is yeah. kind of cool too. You get the all-star break coming for baseball only a month away. That's always an exciting time. Yeah. All the big players, home run derby, all-star game, celebrity softball game. Um, <clears throat> the city's just rockets in L.A. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just excitement. Yeah. I'm sure Vince Kelly will have a part of it, right? I in, hope so, in yeah. LA, so yeah. that'd be exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, um, I guess uh, we can wrap this episode up unless that's, you know, unless you got one final do. Uh, nope, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for me. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubsen. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.